so there's this person in my building who's been putting out all this like basically trash but like you know things that they think people would want mm-hmm. and it'll just stay there for like a week and then i'll just go throw it in the recycling huh and then today i finally saw the lady putting it out there and i was like oh i was wondering who's been putting that out there and she's like yeah people really seem to be liking it <laughs> they keep taking it i'm like i don't have the heart to tell her like no nah, lady i just let it chill for like a week and then i go and throw it in the fucking recycling dumpster fucking 42 degrees in january i'll take that mm-hmm. take that and uh we got a one-of-a-kind guest today can you believe it mr humble what's up jeff how you doing <laughs> please, please good nice to see you welcome golden hour yeah thank you brother this is uh like the fourth or fifth time we've tried to make this happen but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a reoccurring theme over here classic you know? classic but better late than never right yeah fuck yeah yep so how you been happy new year happy new year to you yep uh yeah, been good, man. Chilling and uh, enjoying the winter for the most part. You yeah. know, no, pretty you, mellow time for me. You don't um, cause you work on the farm, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the winter. So yeah. keep I keep doing farm stuff throughout the winter, but it's pretty like slow going. You yeah. know, just doing deliveries and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. So you're down at the Intervale. You've been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. For 16 years farming down there. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. Got your... You paid your dues. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Um... Yeah, so what, what, uh, what's your role? You just, you just a dirt digger? Well, I mean, I started off there farming for, uh, Arethusa Farm. That was a vegetable farm. And just, like, working and doing stuff. And then, like, worked my way up to becoming a manager there. And then the farm went under because of the Hurricane Irene. Yeah. And then a bunch of other, like, circumstances connected to the owners. Just got flooded or? Well, it got flooded during Irene. And then, um, there was, like, some whole, like, uh, shit that happened with, like, the, like, money that came in for, like, federal funding, and, like, my boss was, like, doing his own, like, bills and, like, oh, yeah. books and stuff, and, like, didn't, it did some one faulty... One for me, one for you. <laughs> did some faulty accounting, and he got, uh, slammed and shit, so... Oh, but then the farmland opened up, and, um, I was able to get, uh, three acres and start a medicinal herb farm down there. Sweet. Yep. So that's what I've been doing. So that's like your own, your own business? Yep. My own farm that I run. Sweet. Yep. Um, and is that something that you sell to people or do you have like accounts or how do you, how does that all flow? Yeah. Uh, a lot of it goes to people that are like herbal tincture manufacturers. Okay. And, uh, I would work a lot with, um, like Urban Moonshine Mm -hmm. and, uh, did a bunch of collaborations with like Citizen Cider and Zero Gravity over the years. Nice. And then a lot of the herbs go to, uh, Rail Yard Apothecary. Sweet. We got any herbs in these zero gravities here? No, (laughs) not this one. No. No No doubt. Well, for you folks at home um, who don't know here, uh, humble, 
Jeff, you know, whatever. Philly, he's got, he's a man, <laughs> man with many handles here. But, um, yeah, one of my favorite MCs coming out of Vermont. Been coming up. We've been knowing each other since around, like, 2000, I want to say, right? Or whenever, yeah. Pretty much whenever you were at UVM. Yep. That's when I moved up here was the 2000. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, we used to always go to Cypher Nights at Hector's. That was kind of like when we really yeah. started getting our building it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. The first thing I remember, I moved up here 2000, come to school up here. And, um, you know, at that point, like, I was, like, into rap, but it was mostly me and my friends doing it just, like, for fun. Like, you know, back in Connecticut. Because mm -hmm. we all played, I was a drummer, and we all played, like, kind of, like, hardcore music and, like, reggae. Kind of like some Bad Brains type oh, of, right. like, mixture. That's tight. But then when I moved up, I didn't have any place for a drum kit. And I had already been rapping a little bit with, like, my brother or my friends down there. Uh, so because I had no place for a drum kit or anything like that, I was like, started to pursue rapping a little bit more. Yeah. And then moving up here, then I really realized that was one thing really like struck me with Vermont moving up here is like how like serious y'all took rapping. Yeah. The scene was pretty crazy back then. Yeah. It was but, like, there would be a, there'd be a cypher or like battles like damn near every night. Right. Heck yeah. Definitely man. Fucking, uh. Uh, Eric uh, Dion or whatever. Yeah. And Shout like, out prediction. Yeah. yeah. He was like heavy with it. You guys were crazy with it. Uh, Source Unknown. Yeah. And uh, like the Loyalists were super big back then. Yeah. Uh, Aztecs were super big back then. Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, so the Aztecs, you know, shout out Devin and uh, Pro. But uh, so Devin Ewall and Jeremy Donahue, De Jeremy's... Um, framework from mm -hmm. the loyalists they both went to essex high school yeah and i was at essex for a year so uh. when i got there i was like i was like what other kids that rap here like because you know no i didn't know the kids other kids rapped like back right. then huh and uh yeah i think actually their first show i want to say it was their first show they opened for us at 242 oh nice yeah the old school like punk spot yeah yeah, yeah. And every once in a while we do hip-hop shows there too that was like the first thing to. I used to come up here because my older brother went to school at um, Champlain College. Oh, okay. So I would come up here through the 90s. And I remember uh, the whole scene up here was just like hippies and punks. Yeah. That was like the crazy shit. Like so many punks, like yeah. hardcore punk we'll contingents, like and hardcore hippie, like B lot or whatever all the hippies called it. Yeah, well, because, uh, you know, Grateful Dead tour used to used to end in Vermont. And right. Like, and so then, you know, it would end like, I don't know, end of the summer or midsummer. And then we'd get all the leftover stragglers and be hanging out in City Hall Park. And yeah. They'd bring all the drugs in and everything. But, um, and then Club Toast was huge. Like it, you know, that brought a huge like punk rock and, you know, hardcore scene. Mm -hmm. And just by like, almost by default, I found myself at a lot of hardcore shows and shit. You know, nice. Being friends with Sullivan and Dub and all them. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. such an interface between like hardcore and that whole movement, and even like hip hop and reggae. Especially back at that time, like there wasn't a lot of distinction between the two genres, yeah. or you had an overlap, or even people that were into like house and like raves and shit were also into hip hop. Yeah, you know what I mean. There was a lot of intermingling of genres. Yeah, and they were all kind of rebellious genres, like at the time, yeah. and really new. You know, 
yeah. especially hip hop, was still like kind of I would say just beginning to be like accepted, just beginning to start to become mainstream. That's right yeah. when like uh, Eminem and shit like that started, Fifty Cent or whatever. Yeah, and and even that shit's a little later than like you know it's probably rapping for a good three or four years before I ever even knew who Eminem was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, totally like. You know, especially as white dudes, like, uh-huh. you know, they're like, I can tell you how many times people told me I wasn't black, like, as if I didn't know. Oh, facts, bro. <laughs> Definitely. I got that all the fucking time from people, like, oh, like, you want to be black, da 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 You know what I'm saying? Uh, fucking just weird, weird perceptions of shit back and it, then. And, and if I had a nickel for every person who tried to tell me that Eminem was the first white rapper, I'm like, dude, have you ever heard of the Beastie Boys? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MC Search or yeah, whatever. Search, yeah. 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 Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. Straight <laughs> <laughs> up. That, I guess, is like the highest selling um, single like of all time. Oh, yeah, Still yeah. to this day is fucking Ice Ice Baby. Oh, yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> I mean, uh, good for him, you know? It's like, yeah. It's like to be a one-trick pony that just never had to lift a finger again. Right, right. You know, he's like the actual, like, when you think of one-hit wonders, like, that's Vanilla Ice. Facts. Yeah. Like, can you name another Vanilla Ice song? No, absolutely (laughs) not, dude. Can any of you at home name another Vanilla Ice song? The next Vanilla Ice song, but it's actually just them dissing him with third bass, like, Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. Yeah, that's... (laughs) In my mind, that's like a Vanilla Ice song, (laughs) just because he was so, like, heavily featured in the video or whatever. Yeah. And the old school, uh... In Living Color, Jim Carrey yes. one, where he's like Popeye or whatever. Yes, yeah. Dude, in Living Color was the shit. Yeah, like um, <laughs> Homie don't play, Homie the clown. Yeah, oh yeah, the wins. Yeah, hell yeah, just fucking smack him with the with the ball. He'd be like, Homie don't play that. You Fuck know? yeah, dude. Funny. And that was the show also too featured hip hop acts. Yeah, live hip hop at the end of every single. Yeah, episode. yeah, Run DMC was on it. Uh, yeah, Public Enemy. Facts, bro. KRS. KRS, yeah. All types of people around that. Yeah. That really, like, set the way. I think, like, Chappelle's show or whatever later, having that aspect, like, directly drew from that. Oh, for you know? sure. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, say what you want about Chappelle, but I think he's fucking hilarious. I think he's poking the bear in all the right places. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand how if you have no sense of humor, you'd be offended, but also, like, you don't have to watch that shit. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, he's. I think that he's telling jokes really on a level that's like uh, you have to really think about it. Mm-hmm. He's not giving you the obvious punchline that he's setting you up for. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really giving you stuff that's more of like a critical perspective. And then, like, if you have, you have to kind of follow him through the whole sequence of what he's saying in his narrative to really kind of understand like the underlying point that he's trying to make. Yeah. You know. I love when he was like, he's like, I'm so good at writing jokes now, I just write a punchline, and then I just figure out what the joke's going to be. All right. So, <laughs> kicked her in the pussy. That's <laughs> just fucking hilarious. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah uh, going back to rap, so, yeah, we were doing, you know, doing a lot of shows around then, and then at a certain point, um, you started rocking a second agenda. Yeah. Exactly. Shout out Lugo, who's actually coming on the show in a week or two. Nice. Yeah. And Plant, who's coming on the show next week. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Second agenda fucking week right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that also, like, basically when I first started coming and started to really rap here was, like, uh, Liquid Energy, the bar that was on Church Street. Yeah. 
that had a night that was a freestyle night and i think maybe i had already met you or something yeah, yeah, at yeah. that point yeah that was friday night yeah then like you let me know that that was happening and i remember that the circle like the cypher was like competitive you yeah, know what I mean? yeah to even get a chance to like rap you had to be like confident and on it and like really sharp on your game yeah if you were coming with some whack shit you were getting cut off real quick exactly yeah and that was something too that was like new for me moving up here and just like seeing how seriously people took rapping up here and like were like real mcs you know what i mean yeah and then through there i met scotty because scotty was the bartender yeah he was like facilitating the whole thing yeah and that place was just, like, wild in itself. I know. They used so, to have, like, all the little, like, greens and things set up. Because it was, like, a juice bar. Yeah, juice bar by day. Yeah. Fucking hip-hop lounge by night. Yeah. And they also used to have a speaker out on Church Street. So, like, if it was too packed or whatever, I would just go and, like, hang out on Church yeah. Street and, like, puff or whatever and, like, listen to the music <clears> coming out on the street, kick it with people. It used to be funny. You'd see people in there, like, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night, like, on their laptops or whatever, you know, just, like, hanging out, writing and, like... Just knowing that there was places about to transform, you just yeah. be like, and then like have you know beats start getting played, people start rhyming, just seeing them. Some people like scurrying off, or other people being like, "Oh damn," you know, put away their book and start, yeah, start vibing. Yeah, and that was <laughs> that was that was like real formative experience for me, you know. And then that like unexpectedly closed because the mm-hmm. dude like dipped out. Yeah, like, he embezzled a bunch of money. Embezzled a bunch of money, clo- shuttered the doors, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I had a homie, uh, Eddie, like DJ Recluse. Yeah, yeah. And he got an opportunity to start DJing at Hector's. And then the night, like, kind of moved to Hector's from there. And that's where, like, I really met you. I think I'd already known you, but that's when we really started, like, rhyming together. Yeah, because we would be there every week. It was Wednesday night. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was, it was a smaller cipher, definitely a smaller audience, because you're not right there on Church Street. Right. Um... But those, actually, it's funny, we were talking about uh, The Loyalist, so uh, Framework had, like, stopped rapping and, like, was just, like, DJing a little bit, and he came back, I think he was in California or something, and he came back, and I brought him there, and, like, I got him to get back on the mic, and that was, like, when the spark happened again, and, like, he hasn't turned back since. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Well, it was a cool spot because it's like uh, it was like underground, like literally underground. You have to like come down the steps to the place, and then you're in this like weird basement. Yeah. So I had this thing of like you were more withdrawn, like into your own like community down there. It was like our own little shell bubble. Yeah, and I wasn't even 21, but that wasn't an issue. <laughs> no, hell no, no. That place was crazy with that. Yeah. And then uh, Forrest also. I just remember hearing him rap. Like, yeah. And I'll say, like, you and Forrest, like, really, like, inspired me and influenced oh, yeah. me. You know, just because, like, just the words that you were rapping and, like, there was, like, seemingly no boundaries. And then also how, like, authentic that you guys kept it and how real and how true it was for you guys, you know? And that's another thing, too, that struck me beyond, like, how serious people took it. It was, like, you really like embody what you were what you were doing. I try to talk about the shit I'm actually up to. Not like, yeah, not like yeah. Driving around in fucking fancy cars at the time I didn't even have a car. So no like, doubt, no doubt. Sense. Yeah, and that was super inspiring to me. Cause even coming up, like I started listening to hip hop real, real early, and uh, I grew up next to a kid that's um, Albanian, 
And he like had come from these projects uh, in Bridgeport, like Meadowbrook projects. So he kind of like taught me about hip hop and like showed me about like, I didn't even really, like I knew like Public Enemy and I knew like things like that, but he really put me on to hip hop. But I remember I knew like that I could rap like way back then, but he was like, don't rap. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like, don't be like a white boy that raps. He's like, that's like not okay. You know what I mean? He's like, we knew like white boys that rap like back in like the projects or whatever. And he's like, they would just like get clowned. You know what I mean? He's like, don't do it. So I always kind of had that in my head. So And then moving up here, where obviously like predominantly like white up here, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But just seeing how like serious people took it and how much people loved it and how it was like... Um, I mean, that accept- uh, It was authentic, that you know what I'm saying? didn't happen overnight, that's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was many, many times of me being told that that wasn't acceptable, it wasn't cool. Right. Right. Fuck them. Look at me now. <laughs> Still slightly above average. Um, so, yeah, you're originally from um, what part of Connecticut? Again? Connecticut. Right? Like New Haven. New Haven. New Haven that's America. right. Yeah. yeah. I was having a brain fart. So, New yeah. Haven's kind of cutty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Grew up seeing some shit down there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, but I mean, for hip hop shit, like really, honestly, it's like up here is more of like my journey with that and like where that starts, you yeah. know, and like even getting put on to groups by like, or of like uh, living legends and like stuff like that, like even like LP and like these like underground cats, like idea and um, atmosphere and stuff like you guys are really on to this whole other like mm-hmm genre or like subgenre of hip hop that like I really didn't know anything about. You the original know what I mean? backpack rap. Yeah. <laughs> and that was dope to learn about that and to see it. And then it actually made the connect to me in my mind of like, oh okay, like I get it. Like the type of hip hop that these cats listen to, which I'm like, this shit is amazing. Sage Francis, that's like one of the I really remember you putting me on to Sage Francis, mm-hmm. the makeshift patriot. Mm-hmm. I remember you had that single and listening to it. And it was yeah, like right after the Bush vinyl. era. Yeah. And just to hear like what he was saying and like how clearly he was speaking and like mm-hmm. how passionate and intelligent and on point that he was with it. And I could see that reflected in y'all. Like yeah. from what you guys were listening to, I could see that you shared that camaraderie. Well, those all the people you named were all the people we were doing shows with. So it's like, yeah, you know, we were obviously feeding off of that shit. Yeah, and that was and that was also too like the like Anticon era, which was all based out of Montreal, which is like you know how skipping a jump from here. Yeah. Well, so like so again, like Soul and Alias are from Maine, but yeah, you know, Bucks are from like up there in Canada and. Right. Yeah, it's all, you know, all Northeast for sure. That's what I'm saying, yeah. All Northeast, all near Canada, all, like, upper New England style. So it was almost like when coming up here, like, I realized that you guys were part of, like, a larger community and a larger movement of what was happening Yeah, we were bringing in quite a few, like, pretty official dudes at the time. And, uh, you know, we'd always just put ourselves on, like, put ourselves on the bill. Obviously, we're like, fuck, we're bringing atmosphere here. Like, obviously, I'm opening for that shit. Right. (laughs) You know, um, so that was cool. But, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit. Let's go forward here. So, like, Bless the Child. What is, you know, that album you guys put out, 100%. Mm. That was a fucking fire album. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, Plant, you know, Mm -hmm. instrumental. You had uh, Raj, who 
you know, it's uh, people feel how they feel about. But um, that album was sick, dude. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, you had some of my favorite verses ever on that shit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys should go check that out. Bless the Child, 100%. Mm-hmm. Not sure where you can catch it, maybe. It's on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you can search that out on Bandcamp. Yeah. And yeah, album. Bless the Child, too. So that was all, like... So, like, from Hector's... Hector's ended up having the same fate as Liquid Energy, where, like, the guy, whoever ran it, embezzled a bunch of shit, like, yeah. money. It's a common theme. And these, dipped out, yeah. hole in the wall bars. Exactly. So, Eddie, like, recluse, like, hit me up and was like, yo, he's like, this is, like, the last one. I'm like, oh, like, what happened? Da-da-da. He's like, no, he's like, this is the last one. He's like, the guy's, like, gone. I think the dude was already gone. Yeah, he was gone. And, we and they still and... threw one more night. Yeah, yeah. I remember they, they still had, like, liquor in there and shit. And, like... Yeah. Everyone had like stopped showing up to work because yeah. they weren't getting paid. Right. And so we showed up and we were like bartending. Yeah. <laughs> like we oh, were, hell yeah. Like none of us worked there, but we were like bartending and like it was basically, we were basically trespassing. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember a whole uh, pillow sack full of uh, fungus going <laughs> around that night and like all types of wild shit. Yeah. And I remember the uh, Ponine or whatever came down, like, at the very end of the night. They, like, walked down the stairs, and they were like, what? They're like, there's something, like, happening down here? Yeah, they didn't even know that the bar existed. No, they like had no that. idea the bar existed. As a matter of fact, that place might not have even had a liquor license. Right. <laughs> and that was the last night of the whole fucking thing. So, like, yeah. they found out on the last night in the last, like, ten minutes of it being open that, like, it even existed. Yeah. So that was, like, a pretty magical spot, you know? The cops show up and we're like, dude, you're about a year late. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting all types of feisty down here. Yeah, that place got wild. That place definitely got wild. Yeah. So then from there, like, Scotty would come through there and Scotty started bartending at um, the Monkey House in Winooski. Mm -hmm. And then him and Planto started a thing called, like, Music Machine Mondays. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really got to know Plant over there. And then I met Andy, Lugo, and they had Second Agenda. And then I would, like, hop up with them occasionally. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helped me really, like, build my chops of, like, performing. Yeah, and with the band. With, with the band. Because you had, like, yep. Josh and exactly. know, all those dudes. Yeah. And they were, like, a good band, too. Yes. It wasn't just, like, you know, it wasn't strictly based around even hip-hop. Because, you know, Andy's, like, also, like, a singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. like... You know, he's has like punk roots too, and all that. So, right, like even if you weren't into hip hop, like a second agenda show would still be dope. You know? Yes, heck yeah, and his yeah, his songwriting too, especially at the time, like kind of connecting back to that Sage Francis makeshift patriot thing. Like there was really like a sense of like uh, radicalism and almost like kind of like like a responsibility to like say yeah. something and like push some of those issues not make it just all about like bragging rap and like exactly exactly yeah, with actual content and then also to weird like ethereal stuff and like alien yeah stuff he liked to talk about like aliens. ufos yeah. stuff yeah, like yeah. mind psychedelic travels and shit like that like it was cool it was really cool to like be part of that a bit and like be i felt i was like an auxiliary like member of yeah that, you yeah know? you were like uh because we've been bringing clint in for like you know every few episodes to be like a co-host so he's uh, like not officially a host but you know and, exactly uh, yeah it's kind of like the guest star yeah like get the gear on it you're yeah down. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no doubt and then that kind of led like from all that uh second agenda 
kind of stopped performing with them at some point and they kind of had some like rearrangement of their whole evolution of what happened with their group yeah and then um there's like at some point this like well there was another place too that are kind of simultaneous but there was a cypher that popped up um at fitted which was like a hat store yeah connor what yeah up, connor and that's where I met, like, Raj and, like, uh, Burnt and, like, uh, kind of the whole, like, that was almost, like, the next wave of people yeah. from that first era. Yeah, so that's probably, like, that's probably, like, oh, six or something, right? Yeah, oh, five, oh, six, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, like, and that was, like, a, more of a test. Like, I had come further along in, like, my abilities and, like, rapping and, like, especially freestyle so that was like a real place of like uh, kind of camaraderie, a lot of like snapping at that place. Like, yeah, there'd be a lot of like not like battles, but people would be like snapping on each other. Yeah, like, I think that was a point where a lot of people were like really seeking validity, mm-hmm. and like people had started to like feel like they had put in work, and so they were like, "No, nah, motherfucker, me." You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> like some shit like that. Heck yeah. I and mean, were, I always kind of had that chip on my shoulder anyway, so that was nothing new to me, but, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that place was crazy. That was up to where, like, Flex Records was. Yeah, historic place. I mean, historic place. Flex was my first uh, ever sponsor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, back in, like, the 90s, like, Justin Sullivan and I were the team. Huh. Like, Iceman and Repman would give us, like, one board a month. That's sick. Yeah, it was, like, 14 or 15, we were psyched. Yeah, that place was tight. They always had the reggae bumping out of there. Just yeah. stacks of singles, yeah. like, everywhere. Yeah, up there, just getting all crazy. Yeah. Like, rocking with a plant or something, yeah. And then at one point, too, there was, like, uh, the, the Cause, the Josh, yeah, Josh Cause. Yeah, his, like, punk, punk shop. And yeah. then um, Big Dog had that L Burners. Yeah. So to me, I was like, man, this is crazy. You'd go up that hall, and it was yeah. like all of our people. <laughs> all the shit that you want right there. Yeah, you yeah. got the punk record store, hip-hop record store, and the reggae store right there. Yeah. So yeah, that was always like a super, like that place, like up there, right above like Alibaba's or whatever. Yeah. That's like always holds a I real think, like, I think special it's now place. the Sticky brand now is uh, up there, I believe, if it's still there. But, right. Yeah. And then at the same time of that, there was another place like um, One Pepper Grill. Yeah. And that, that was another cipher. That, that was, was a later. little bit later. Yeah. yeah. That was probably like 2009 or 10. Right. That's where I met like Mav or Rock a lot, like Mav Star and like Face One. Like that kind of like group of people. I really got to be like close with them. And like, yeah. I had already known them, but that was like a good stomping ground for us. Like, we would really like click well, up. It's funny how like through the years, together. one place will be like this popping spot and they'll close. And then there's like this kind of hole in the scene for a month yeah. or two. And then it's like someone else pops it up. Or exactly. You just find the most random places to go approach and be like, Remember, like, that place that tasted Dixie? Uh-huh. And they had, like, a battle there that I won. <laughs> Holy like, shit. Yeah, and, like, I remember the the first prize was supposed to be, like, 250 bucks, and the dude gave me, like, 190 Uh-huh. Because I don't keep that for myself. No, it was supposed to be, like, 250 Oh, got like, you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, where's the rest of the money? He's like, man, you should just be happy with that. <laughs> like, mm. it's literally on the flyer. <laughs> like, it says 250 False advertisement, That bro. was the place you would go in, and it was a restaurant. I guess, but you'd order something and then you'd see the dude leave out the back door and come back with a bag full of groceries. Uh huh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an hour later, your food would be ready. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Clearly, some kind of front, but yeah. So, uh, so Bless the Child and shit, like, came out of kind of that era. You know what I mean? 
and that was like Plant, who I knew from um, from Second Agenda, and like Scotty from Second Agenda, and it started off like I became like close friends with Rajni, um, at like fitted and doing those freestyles with him. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of clicked together, like, our styles and the just, like, kind of the content. Kind of, like, even, like, energetically, like, where we were coming from. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. What was your um, writing process like for that album? Like, were you guys sitting there together making a lot of the songs? Or would you just yeah. get the beat? Or, yeah. <clears throat> no, we made basic. We basically wrote, like, all the songs together. Yeah. You know, we would come together, like, and be like, all right, we have, like, this beat. And then we'll sit down and... Conceptualize uh, or whatever. Yeah, like, it was weird because, like, for me and Raj, like, we would have to, like... We would kind of have some type of a theme going on. Sometimes we would pick out an actual theme of, like, this is what the subject matter is going to be for the song. But more often than not, we would just, like, kind of be, like... Describe. Yeah, like, having a conversation for a while, vibing together, and then we'd put the beat on, and then we would simultaneously write. And then, like, basically nine times out of ten, we were, like, writing about the same shit. We'd have, like, weird, like, references in the verses to each other's verse. Synchronicities. Yeah, a lot of synchronicity. Um, Well, it seems like a a lost kind of thing these days. It's like people just, like, get a beat, and they're like, all right, dude, you write something. Right. I'll write it. You can email me your verse or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like... Cause you know, coming up with shape and everything like that, how we made shit. Like we went into the studio and just stayed there for two days. Right. Like literally stayed in there for two fucking days. Uh huh. He'd make the beat, you know. We'd fucking have some beers or whatever, and you just you just write, and then you'd record, and then we'd go drive to get food. Finally, mm-hmm. we'd like have to beg shape to leave to get food. Right. And then he would like <laughs> he'd like burn the tape. And then we'd bump it, the tape in his car when we, like, went out, you know, so, like... Nice, the car yeah. test. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah. Um, and so, with Blessed Child, you guys did, like, some releases, and you had... Mm-hmm. You did... You were doing quite a few shows at the, at yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. We basically... Yeah. It was good. We played at Higher Ground a bunch of times. Uh, oh, Shout out. Yeah. Employer. Facts, facts. <laughs> and uh, opened up for a bunch of different people... Can't even like remember all the fucking people that we opened up for. Like Master Ace and Wordsworth and uh, the Tribe Called Red. That was like one of our last couple shows. Bunch of people. I can't even remember. Yeah. Any, like anybody coming through at some point, we were we became kind of like a top billing kind of group. Yeah, I would yeah. Say. You know what I mean? Like pretty heavily requested well, I think to come it's play important. shows. It's important to have like a local act quote-unquote, um, you know, opening for those because it's your platform. It's, like, your your opportunity to reach a, a wider audience, but also it's, like, you should be. It's, like, if there's a hip-hop show in your community, whether it's, like, someone, you know, internationally or whatever famous, like, no, oh, man, come to the place and rock with the people who are doing that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. heck yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, we were, I felt like a... Who else is like linguistic civilians or whatever yeah, were yeah. like super big at that time? Well, you know, so we would always we'd be they were like our rival, <laughs> like trying to get shows and trying to like open up. Well, for and people. what's funny is your your style and like your approach was like couldn't have been more different. Yeah, what I mean, like your yes. your content and everything, like you know, they were basically like party rap and like right, you know, kind of like college boppy, but like you know, they did their thing. They had like oh, choreographed yeah. dances and Hell like, yeah. you know, Walshy obviously is right and animated as fuck. So. Yeah, they um, had a strong following. They they reminded me a lot of like Jurassic Five. Yeah, 
you know and they kind of kept that kind of vibe of like a Jurassic 5 type of thing yeah a lot of like quick trading and like yes yeah just feeding off each other right back and forth yeah and that was cool that was cool too like to have that during that era because like I felt like we were all like really pushing each other and really like moving forward you know what I'm saying and like rising tide lifts all boats yeah and we never had there was never any like a um, animosity between mm-hmm. us or anything like that, you know. We were just like the two groups that were kind of like on the top of the scene at the same yeah, time, yeah. You, simultaneously. You, you see them on a flyer or something, you're like, "Well, shit, I need to book a show." Hell yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And like, shout out to Burns and uh, yeah, yeah, Bur- you know, Burns. Shout Burns out to the whole is, crew. Burns all, is going all strong all right the now. Civilians. Yeah, Yo, Burns is going strong right now. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. He took all that stuff that he learned at that time and really ran with it. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's good, man. He's been able to, like, help support himself and, like, even help support people like uh, Jarve and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. and that's even, even that is cool because, like, I felt like uh, Bless the Child and, like, even Linguistic Civilians, like, we were starting to, like, step up stuff, like, in the scene for people to make it to kind of give way to somebody like a Jarve, you yeah. know, who like Jarve is like, that's like his career now is yeah. rapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's a fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> and even like, um, I remember meeting like, uh, Hank and stuff like that from like 99 neighbors, yep. like before they even put the whole group together. And my homie speak was like originally part of the crew. And just to see how they came up as a collective of people who were based around like art, music making fashion, and then they amalgamated all together in a group. Yeah. And you got to love that they have like so many different angles covered. You know, they got like, they really put on their video guys, their editors, their artists, not just the MCs or just the DJs or anything. Right. So that's dope. It is dope, yeah. And I can see, too, how, like, everything has grown. We've all grown from each other to kind of give way to something like a 99's Neighbors, like, coming out Mm -hmm. of this scene. You know what I'm saying? It's cool to be able to look back on everything and, like, realize, like, the influence that we had way back then. Yeah, yeah. And how it carried through. You know what I mean? It's a trip because, you know, like, for me, starting rapping in, I don't even know what year I started, 96, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. And just to see, like, how there are avenues now and, like, platforms yeah. for just a local cat coming up. You know? Right. Because it's like, back then, that shit didn't even seem fathomable. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And it was also so, like, separate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how I'm saying, coming up here and, like, learning about, like, all these Northeast groups and, like, people that were on the independent scene and really doing it. But, like, independent back then was so much different than mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, there was such a clear divide. Oh, for sure. They were almost, like, two different genres. Yeah. But nowadays, like, there's really no difference between independent and mainstream and, like, Yeah, the only difference is independent, you might actually make some of your own money. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, more of the people that are big now are actually independent and yeah. just doing it themselves. They started realizing that the record labels are just fucking you. And especially now, because it's, like, you know... People aren't really making that much off of selling units, you know. Uh-huh. It's more about like getting plays and then having your YouTube channel and right, just all those other like digital currencies or whatever. Right, which is like pretty cool about nowadays. It's like the the playing field is like very level now. Yeah, put the power kind of back in the hands of the artist. Yeah, exactly. 
But the only thing that means that is that there's way more like uh, silver saturated, murky waters yeah. to like like go through or try to comb through to figure out like. The you gems. used to have to be dope to get put on. Yeah. But now you can put yourself on. Oh yeah. If you're dope, you know you should blow up more. But like, right. You know, because that shit would all cost money. Like studio time was like expensive. Like tapes and like. Actual, oh, yeah. like, ADAT tapes and, like, all those, like, equipment and, like, mm-hmm. not anybody could just record shit at home. You have to actually go to a studio. Yeah. And that took time and that took money and multiple people involved. So you have to be, like, a kind of polished to a particular level in order to even, like, spend your time or, like, want to, like... Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, we had, uh, we had Conflict and uh, Nasty on, and it was it was pretty sick just hearing from, um, you know, Nasty even talking about, like, when he first showed up at Loud and, like, mm. how, like, he would literally be the dude, like, mowing the lawn out front <laughs> to, like, be able to get a little studio time. And, Damn. Like, yeah. That's what's up right there. Yeah. Got to get your fucking hustle on, like, figure yeah. out your avenues to get yourself in the door, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're also a big graph head, you know, and I always look forward to seeing your brother and I don't know if you want to drop the name of the crew or anything. No, no, no. (laughs) No. We'll keep some things, uh, mysterious here. But, um, as he puts his hood up, (laughs) um, but yeah, you guys always burn it at, um, above the radar, Mm -hmm. which is sick. You know, I always look forward to seeing all those cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you get into painting and all that? That was, I don't know, probably late 90s, kind of got into that. And, uh. Um, like, were you painting back in New Haven? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Not too much, but starting, kind of just starting to, like, put it together. The toy days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of those. <laughs> and for all you out there, it's like, if you're gonna get into graffiti, you're gonna be a toy. Like, it's oh, yeah. gonna happen. You just gotta fight through it. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. It takes, all that stuff just takes practice, yeah. you know? Some people are naturally born, like, and naturally gifted and just, like, have the hand like or whatever. Like or something. Yeah, yeah. But that's, like, pretty rare. You yeah. know, most people really got to, like, even, do even their work. real art, like, someone who's, like, a real artist, it's, like, just because you're a good artist does not mean you're going to be a good graffiti artist. Uh-huh. It's, like, a whole different thing. Right, right. Yeah, it's, that's very true. And also, it's, like, you're breaking the law, like, 90% of the time. Uh-huh. So, like, you have to have that in you. you know? Yeah. Like, you got to really be hungry for that. It's not, yes. It's definitely not for everybody. No. It's, you're taking, a, like, big risks, and uh, the reward-to-risk ratio is, like... <laughs> slim to none. <laughs> slim to none, yeah. It's whatever it means to you and to, like, a small group of people mm-hmm. is really kind of, like, the value behind it, you know? Yeah, it's like I could go take a piss behind a building and see, like, a old, like chili or like he uh-huh piece and like just get so hyped whereas to most people they wouldn't give a fuck right exactly yeah <laughs> or they'd be like oh some vandals uh-huh yep it's like a weird like secret language type of thing yeah in that yeah and it, well, yeah when i came up like uh here there was like uh different like crews like uh apb was super big back then APB was just absolutely running shit. Yeah, APB was good. And they were, like, more of, like, the artsy kind of kids. Like, they are almost more like a, a MSK type of, like... There was that, but then there was also the, like, you know, the tanks and the, like... Yeah. The people who were just like, fuck that, I'm not here to bomb. Uh-huh. No doubt. Yeah. 
definitely a shout out to fucking uh, Scent and like yeah. old school homies. Those yeah. are like the first people I really saw. And then I would see a bunch of like New York stuff, like New York writers and stuff Sag. like that. Yeah, like Iraq crew yeah. names and things like that up here. So I was like, oh man, like just like see the the distance and how much people have traveled. Yeah. Well, I remember meeting um, Sam's and Sace when they came up with Sag. Yeah. You know, Sag's from New York and right. Sag became APB because he linked with all them. And yeah. Like, you know, I knew about Graph, but like, you know, I only knew maybe. 10 real names and mm-hmm. like those were a couple of them right know? and like I was like holy shit these are like when you're able to like actually like meet someone mm-hmm. who's always just been this like figure yeah you know? right and in the graph world like you may never meet a lot of these people cause like they ain't trying to meet people exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah for sure so that was that was cool you know what I mean and it was pretty like new in a lot of ways like there's a lot of spots now, like, that are, like, very, like, saturated with work. But, like, when I first started, there would be, like, it would be, like, fresh. You know what I mean? Like, hardly, like, people have painted a lot of the places that I went and painted and stuff like that. And uh, it was just cool to see, too. It was another thing, kind of like the rap, like, where people, like, really, like, took it seriously. And there was, like, a real culture behind it, you yeah. know? And there was different factions, like, the other crew was, like, STM at the time. Yeah. You know, and, like, APB and STM were, like... Diff- beef. Yeah, there's beef. Yeah, they had, like, just different approaches to the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it was cool to see that, like, there was, like, a real, like, living culture up here of, like, kids that were, like, kind of carving out their niche of, like, you know, just, like, the skating shit that y'all did. Well, even, I mean? like, even though, like, STM was never, like as good or like as like legit i'd say as mm. apb they like definitely inspired something upon like the home use because you know the it's graph like you go paint some shit and then the fucking your rivals go paint over it so you're like all right now i gotta come with the next shit exactly you know yeah. it's just like you keep leveling up right which i think is kind of cool though and something that i always kind of liked about it in a lot of ways like it's cool to see the respect, and it's cool to see when stuff, like, runs for a long time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, like, kind of knowing that, like, everything is, um, like, ephemeral. And yeah, everything is temporary. fading away. It's all temporary. <laughs> you know, like, it's basically like one of those, like, Tibetan sand painting yeah. things. We, like, finish the whole painting. Yeah, they take a month to make it, and then yeah. they just... Immediately yeah. sweep the shit away. Yeah. That's, like, my mentality always of, like, going into it and painting is, like... Everything is temporary, you know? Well, nowadays, at least, everyone's got a, a camera phone and whatever, so it's like, you know, you get the flick, and then you're like, shit, the shit could be gone tomorrow. Right. Whatever, but, right. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of like that. I like the fact that everything is, like, ephemeral and, like, you know what I'm saying? Things only last for as long as they do. And then when you see stuff that's lasted for, like, decades... Like the old sad pieces at the lower walls and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. It's special to see that, you know what I mean? And then there's, like, respect. That's another thing I like about the culture, too, is, like, respect for, like, what's come before you. And knowing the people that have put in their work in and earned their dues. And then knowing not to go over them or not to disrespect them. You know what I'm saying? Or if you do go over it, you better come with some heat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or there'll be some fucking, like, people are going to be mad at you about it. You know what I mean? You might have to answer, like... Yeah, what? You know, <laughs> I was never, like, an official fucking graph head or whatever, but, you know, all my buddies were, so I'd go 
go down to the walls, and there were numerous times where people would come down who had went over some shit, and mm-hmm. it didn't go well for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I always took a, like, kind of different approach. Like, we were always, like, more, like, abstract and, like, uh, even do more, like, kind of, like, iconographic type of stuff like that rather than just doing, like, letters and things like that. Yeah. But then also just, like, getting out and, like, pushing it and, like, trying to bring stuff to where it hadn't been seen before and, like, kind of open up people's minds of, like, this is the possibilities of, like, what you can do with this. Yeah. And gets you to kind of think about stuff a little bit differently than just like kind of how normally is seen as like um vandalism and shit like that mm-hmm. like this is actual art like this is real art that we're creating yeah. out here i mean dude the pieces that the productions that you get that you and the crew do like all the connecticut homies shout out you know who you are should flash a couple of the um above the radar pieces <laughs> right about in here somewhere but uh yeah, like it's dope just to just to see the process, you know, to be there because I'll just be hanging and, you know, starts out as a blank wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you pick your colors and right there you go. Yeah, it is. It's cr- it's cool to go from your mind out to the to the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How often are you sketching your pieces, or is it usually you just you just get right to it on the wall? Um, I don't know. It kind of goes back and forth, but usually, uh, most times I'll just do it like freestyle, basically just like off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. you know? But as time has like gone on, like I've learned the value of like sketching and things like that. Like when I first started or whatever, I never would sketch, you know? I just didn't, I thought it was like a, like a waste of time. And I'm kind of like a somewhat like impatient person in that way, as far as creating stuff like that. Like, I just want things to be kind of done. And I'm trying to, like, capture a feeling and capture the momentum of a feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes if it gets drawn out for too long, you kind of, like, lose the point of what it was all about. Yeah. You know? I, I feel the same way about, like, writing verses sometimes where I'll be like, if I try to stop to, like, make it so perfect in there, you kind of lose the momentum and, like, mm-hmm. lose, like, kind of what the overall feeling of it was. Right. Exactly. It's almost better to just get it out and then you can go back and kind of right. tighten some shit up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But just like, but also just like meeting people over time and like uh, people that are like have like more skill or been in the game longer than me, like yeah, learning the learn value. Little, yeah, and you learn little tricks and. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's all about observation and like, because nothing is like, I guess you could nowadays go like on YouTube and watch like an instructional video or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm sure that they exist, you know? Yeah. But really, yeah, it's all from just experience and practice. And then even, like, can control and all that stuff. All that is just, like, muscle memory and, like, mm-hmm. you having to really work at it and just go out there and keep doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, like, you don't have any social media or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You've never been on any of that shit. But, like, are you, like, staying up to date on, like, new graph and new shit? Like, like are you... Because I know back in the day there'd be, like, bombing science or, like, yeah. you know, uh, profit. What was it? Uh, right. 12 ounce profit. 12 ounce profit and shit like that. So it's like, are you, like, in what ways are you catching inspiration from that shit? Are you, like, because, you know, like, if you're a skater nowadays, like, it would be almost impossible to not be on, like, Instagram if you were trying to, like, right. you know, whatever. Just be in the know of, like, what's happening, what's been done, uh-huh. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, where are you, like, harvesting that um, create creative inspiration from? Mostly just from, like, homies and, like, even, like, 
like actual like homies and friends of mine and like seeing what they're doing and like seeing how they're pushing it and then like as far as that like it usually used to be like vicarious through like somebody because a lot of that stuff now is all through like instagram you know what i'm saying and that's like a that's different in that like back in the day when you had like 12 ounce profit and stuff like that like you couldn't like make a page about yourself yeah, and then yeah, like yeah, post yeah, your yeah. own pictures. Yeah, you had to get put on. Yeah, that was like the corniest shit you could ever do. You yeah. know what I mean? It would have to be like other people like observing you and like taking photos and like you have to build a It's like starting a hall of fame and like inducting yourself. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but nowadays though, that's like the norm. Like everybody is just about that shit through going through Instagram, like putting themselves on, like mm-hmm. being their own promoter or whatever in that way. So that's something that's, like, really different than when I started, you know. Mm-hmm. But mostly just, like, staying kind of cued in through that. Just through, like, friends and pe- other people that are kind of like, hey, like, check out this dude. Check out this artist or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the main way I would say. And then also really just through, like, actual, like, friends of mine. And, like, I'm kind of more interested in, like, the work that they're doing. Like, yeah. How they're pushing it. Even more so than, like, somebody in, like, L.A. or, like, yeah, Germany or some shit like that. That's the tip that I'm on with, you know, like, I don't know shit about new rap, but mm-hmm. I know, like, you just put out a song with, with yeah. Mav. Like, Hell I, yeah. Know, I know I know more, like, what my friends are up to, because that's just, you know, like, right. what I give a shit about. Right. Um, yeah, what, what the fuck's that song called again that you guys just put out? Alpha Centauri. All right, that was dope. Yeah. Um, I'm actually on the committee for the um, Vermont Hip Hop Awards, hey. and uh, you might be getting some nominations from yeah, me. Yeah, bro, here. give me a nomination. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's dope that uh, Justin Bowen, shout out Wombat, that's the homie. It's dope that he's you know put that all together and mm-hmm. he's really passionate about it. It's, I couldn't think of someone better to do it because you know he's a ridiculous MC, but he's also really smart and he's. Um, you know, he's able to kind of, like, see a lot of different sides of it and not even, you know what I mean? Like, for me, it's like, I don't like, I'm not into that, like, drill rap or I'm not mm-hmm. that type of shit. But, like, I feel like he's really good at, like, having an open palette, so to speak, you know? Right, yeah. Well, because there's such a uh, variety of people out there now, yeah. you know? And people's, like, accessibility as far as that, like, Instagram and, like self-promotion and shit like that is like really strong right now Mm -hmm. so if you want to like take the time to dip in and figure out what all these different people are doing like you can do it you know yeah but like you said you gotta take the time you gotta take the time (laughs) to do it which he is doing so yeah shout out shout out justin yeah yeah and that's even a testament to like the scene too like uh that even that vermont hip-hop news like just the the effort to try to draw everybody together and to try to like keep the scene cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Which is super crucial, and yeah. that like leads back to to like the third Thursday event that we were doing at the Monkey House forever. Mm-hmm. That was a similar thing, like of like kind of how you were saying like uh, when like one of the venues would like drop out, it would become like a void, mm-hmm. and then like another place like needed to open to fill it. Mm-hmm. And that was dope with third Thursdays. It's like we were able to come in and like present a platform and that actually first third thursdays first actually started as a uh we had a residency for bless the child at the monkey house but then we were in charge of booking the other people that were going to perform with us yeah you know and then we had done it for like six months or like seven months or something and then we were just like hey like we should like 
like got kind of like bored of us just yeah, playing yeah. it and Let's then open it up a little bit open it up and they got aimed towards like bringing in new people dude so many people perform for the first time ever at third thursday yeah like like i can't tell you how many times someone would come up to me and be like i'm nervous i'm like what? they're like dude i've never like rapped on stage I'm like, yeah i'm like that's cute uh-huh. <laughs> you know? go, that, yeah go get it and that was the ill shit about that and like we were really open like I think, like, myself and uh, Scotty, you know what I mean? Like, so at some point it became kind of, like, just me, like, work, doing the booking and stuff. And I'm like, this is, like, nuts. Like, all, like you say, I have no social media. I'm like, yeah. I'm like not the dude to be, like, putting <laughs> events together. <laughs> I would, like, call people, like... On your flip phone. On my, fo- my flip phone. and be like, <laughs> oh, you want to, like, come play the show this month or whatever? So I hit up, so I tapped Scotty to come in, and he really, like, took the shit and, like, ran with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as, soo- as soon as... Like that. Yeah, he, he is. He doesn't bro. have step. No, he doesn't. And he's so connected on that world of, like, just, like, social media stuff, and, like... And he's also just a natural-born, like, organizer. Yeah. And, like, a hub kind of person. Yeah, You know yeah. what I'm he, saying? He, he's, a, he's a politicker, and not, like... Yeah. Not in the shady sense, you know? No doubt. He's a... He rubs elbows. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he kind of took it and, like, ran with it, and, like, we started to bring in, like, acts from that were, like, touring acts, you know what I mean, to come through and yeah. play, and it was cool. Gained a lot of momentum, and it gave a lot of people opportunity and a platform and shit to, like, present themselves. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, acts that came through the third Thursday is uh, the homie Taylor, uh, True Classic. Oh, yeah. That dude's a fucking animal. No yeah, doubt. I ended up kicking it with him pretty tough. He hung out for a couple of days afterwards, and we were just like, yeah, just, yeah, he's thorough. Yeah. Yeah. And every show, too, we'd always have a cypher at the end. Yeah. And it was cool to, like, meet cats like that and have people come through like that, because they would just, everybody would remark on, like, the scene that we had. There'd be some heated you know? ciphers at oh, yeah. Thursdays. You'd have, like, fucking 12 people on stage. Like, to the point where literally there was not enough room for all the MCs on stage. Uh-huh. And, like, someone would get done rapping would have to get off the stage so someone else could get on to get in the rotation. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some heated ciphers there, for sure. Like, and that was too... And a cool thing about that was, like, I feel like the Southern Vermont, like, started to build up their scene a lot. Like, the hip-hop in Southern Vermont. Yeah. So it gave them a home, like, up here, up north, where they could come perform in Burlington. Yeah. Have their stuff heard. And then, like, be able to go back down south and, like... It's funny. You know like, I mean? Like, like, we've been there. Like, we've, like, rocked with them. And there was always this weird... There's been this weird, like, almost, like, uh, debate or divide of, like, North in versus South. It's factions. Yeah, like, hip-hop or whatever. It's funny living here. Like, I'm I'm kind of, like, in my own little world. Like, I don't even think of the rest of Vermont that often. Huh. <laughs> you know, like, like, maybe a little bit, like, North and, like, nearby. But, like, I don't ever think about, like, fucking Brattleboro or Rutland or Brighton right. or, like, these places. Like, uh huh. I don't think I've ever been to a lot of those places, like ever. They got scenes down there, though. Yeah. Like my homie, then uh, um, what? Huh. Like who was also part of uh, starting Bless the Child too. Like I met him. Um, we called him Logic though back then. But him and Raj, like really the three of us, kind of like started out Bless the Child. It's then what? Then what? That's yeah. Sick. Yeah. Exactly. Selfish. Selfish Presley. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he moved down south to, like, um, the middle of the state and uh, just started to connect with some of the cats down there, like Brad Vasey, you know, um, Raw Death, 
Oh, Rod Def's the man. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Rod Def. And then, like, there's, like, homies, like, Young Breeze. Shout oh, out. Breeze. Shout out to all y'all. Dude, so that, that, so, uh, and it was, it's ill to see, like, this, like, and they have a different tone, like, and a different kind of vibe down there. Yeah. And they're connected to more, like, uh, I don't know, like, New Hampshire yes, or, or connected yeah. to Mass and yeah. Boston. Because, like, down in the southern part of the state, like, you have a lot of crossroads connecting between totally. New York State connecting to uh, Massachusetts. Whereas, like, up here, we're way more, like, isolated. Yeah. You know, we're in the vortex. Like, yeah, the we're, Burlington we're, vortex. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're basically... It's, like, here and then, like, a little bit of, like, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it makes, like, an interesting dynamic between both parts of the state. But I gotta say this. I've never felt a di- uh, divide between North and South. Uh, Vermont. <laughs> For real. We're all one. This is all one unified state. And, like, we're, like, blessed to have each other and to be here as one scene. Yeah, and feed off each other. Yeah. I mean, so, like, that show at um, Green Door, you know? Yeah. That uh, Madden Friends. Yep, just, like, a month ago. Yeah, like, fucking Breeze. He's a beast, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Woo. like I hadn't seen him in a while, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this dude is fucking fire. And then his homie who raps in the wheelchair. Yeah. Shorty Bangs. Yeah, I think Shorty like Bangs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shorty Bangs is a fucking animal too. No doubt, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got they got a lot of fucking skills and a lot of energy and like heart down there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's cool to see like even like the kind of like the the similarity and the differences. Yeah, like we're definitely more freestyle heavy. Yeah. You know, and, like, right? We just I feel like we grew up in the cipher era and like just like house parties and like yep. basements and you know I feel like they a lot of those cats grew up more like you know listening to like music on the radio and like mm. you know album shit like I don't know mm-hmm. it's just different going in this more like studio oriented yeah and like song making songs in the studio oriented type yep. of things but that makes sense though because like up here we're lucky enough to have like to really have this scene in a place like when we have third Thursday of like mm-hmm. regular meetups like Regular yeah, and regular like, times and when it's you get a cipher together. before the show. It's a yeah. cipher during the show, and it's a cipher after the show. Definitely, bro. And we all genuinely, like, for the most part, like, get along and like yeah, yeah. have camaraderie. Like, we're all friends beyond hip hop. All friends beyond hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like having a cipher is like as much of is like a conversation outside of like mm-hmm. the same like the third Thursday. Like, how many times we would just be like kicking it out in front of the monkey house? Just like rap in like conversation rap mm-hmm. outside, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was just as important as what was going on inside or the cipher on the stage. Exactly. You know? And people could be up in the cipher and people could just be outside, like just talking outside and like, oh, like this time I'm like not gonna hop up or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it just became like a real like um relaxed like uh, movement. You yeah, know what like I'm saying? Come on, come all type shit. Exactly. Yeah. Which is dope to see, man. It's like really that's the most important shit to like really cultivate a culture is to like to create a scene where it becomes self-moving and self-perpetuating for sure you know? and also it's nice to like not have to be the one sometimes and you could still go out and like check some hip-hop even if you're yeah. not the one who has to prepare for a show <laughs> like, exactly like oh, i'm just gonna shoot some pool like check the shit hang have a couple beers no doubt and that's yeah that's another thing too like uh and it's cool to see it like if, like, Burns had a show or, like, Mav had a show or, like... Everyone's going. Everybody's going to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And even if I'm not rapping, like, I'm going to go to the show and I'm going to see my homie 
have fun, see friends in the crowd. Well, that's what I tell some people, you you know, know that like if there's like a couple homies I know that like try to put on some shit and like if it doesn't pop, like not to name any names, but like I'm like, yo, if you're not supporting and going to, you know, our scene's not that big. So it's like, you know, go to the fucking 40 other homie shows that happened in the last year or two and like you got 40 motherfuckers coming to your show at least. Exactly. But like if you're not, then it's kind of like, well, you know. Take, take, yeah, take your ball and go play by yourself. Right, right. <laughs> and you're always gonna meet other heads in the crowd too, because it's usually good like that. You're gonna have like a few people in the crowd just there to see the show, that are also <laughs> artists, also performers. So if you want to meet them and be like, hey, like, like somebody's a beat maker that you never met before, you can like kick it with them, totally. like Robert Ronzi or whatever. You can yeah. see him at a show and appro- approach him yeah. and like talk to him, get to know him and shit. You You'll know, be what like, I'm saying? what? That's SK. Yeah. Doesn't look like a fucking <laughs> No, shout out SK. Shout out SK yeah, for sure. That's the homie. We actually need to have him on. We've he's had to reschedule a couple times as well. I mean that's yeah. part of like having kids, you know. Like, uh huh. I got kids, he's got kids, like, you know, um you got kid. Yeah. Um, thanks, bro. How old's Khalil now? Fifteen. Damn, that's yep. crazy. He's like what, six three? Uh <laughs> yeah, six two. Yeah. Stuff, a little bit over six two now. Yeah. Now he's uh, starting to skate a little bit, right? Yep, so skating, cool. snowboarding. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great kid. He is a great kid, yeah. He just did well with that one. Yeah. yeah. Super lucky. Yeah. yeah. That's a trip. Um so yeah, what uh what are you working on these days? You got any projects in the works or uh, I've taken like not like a hiatus, but I've been haven't worked on much music in the last little bit. But I'm in the mode now of like getting back on it. You know, yep. like I did the track with Mavstar. We got a couple that need to get finalized. Yeah, or, we do. We yeah, do. Keep saying it, but life just passes. So yeah, 2023 I think is gonna be good. Like I'm I'm hyped to get back into it and like release some new material yeah same yeah we put out an album this year so yeah i got some good beats good uh projects on the way me and the homie then what are gonna work on another thing we released a good company album a couple years ago yes that's so uh where can people get it that's all on bandcamp okay all the music y'all you want to find it mc humble bandcamp and uh got multiple albums on there the last one I did was Electromagnetism with uh, Rico James. Yeah. Shout out Rico James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Equalize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That one, I think it came out maybe independent or just like we put it out on our own. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Rico is the man. Though. And so you're making beats sometimes too, right? Or have you yeah. not been doing it as much? Or are you still making beats? Um, still making beats uh, here and there, but that's something like... The one, I have an album like Sin Permiso that has uh, beats that I've made on it. Nice. But a lot of times that for the albums and shit like that, I'll collaborate with a beat producer. Yeah. And then I'll usually do a lot of the albums I've done is just one producer does the whole album. Yeah, you get like Zach to do it or get, yeah. Yeah, Rico James, Rico. Uh, Homie Then What. Um, trying to think of who else. But we have uh, the great thing about up here is um, we have such like a good mix of like MCs and beat producers. Yeah, and that's changed though, because like back in the day there really wasn't that many. You mm-hmm. know, you had like a couple. Right. Yeah. Now we got tons of fucking people. Sky Splitter, yeah. uh, fucking Rico, SK, yeah. Ben What, 
got all types of people that are super dope. Yeah. Uh, homie Old Gold. Me and Old Gold got a whole album out together. No, and we got uh, a couple new tracks that we're going to be working on soon. I'm not sure if I know Old Gold. Yeah. He's like he's like a friends with uh, Robert Ronzi, SK, okay. and like Lupo. All right. Lupo is another one. Shout out to Lupo. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. that was like, yeah. That was like crazy. I gotta just shout out to like the janky arts era. That, yeah. Yeah. Janky music. The homie Tommy Alexander. Yeah. That shout was out a, to Tommy. That was a crazy time. Mantone. Mantone. Yeah. yeah. And the like what is now like Swan Dojo. We basically took that from. It was a hip hop oriented like DJ thing. Yeah. So back in the day when I lived with ZJ, he started the lab. The lab. Exactly. Yeah, and so he and, and so it's so funny. Like he used to teach DJ classes there. And so, like, that was my roommate. And then he moved out of there. And then, like, we did Janky. Mm-hmm. And then, like, passed the torch. And now, like, Lois and, you know, Wish, and all, they're doing the Swan Dojo. And so, like, that place has really been in the squad for, like, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. You know? And Mantone and all of them went, like, crazy. The homie tree built the tree inside. Yeah, we did a lot of renovating in there. Pulled up all the carpet, brought it back down to hardwood, took out a bunch of walls. We we did the ceilings. Redid the ceilings. Yeah, we did all types of shit. That was a lot of work during that time. But that was an awesome era, too, of, like, uh, just, like, creating our own kind of label, our own movement that was, like, multiple genres Tommy's like a singer songwriter. Yeah. Homie Josh Boniello. Shout yeah. out to Josh Boniello. Ill singer songwriter. You yeah. know, we had Bless the Child, which is like hip hop. And like, it was like a really, like, we had a lot, a strong movement yeah, happening I mean, at that there, time. There would be like yoga and like hula yeah. hoop by day and like, right. you know, martial arts in there. And then like, you know, we might have like a show at night or like yeah. throw parties. And so, yeah, that was really cool cool era for sure yeah hell yeah and it was cool too because it was like you know a place you could do your thing and not have to like go to the bar and spend a bunch of money or whatever right BYOB or you know right whatever so yeah and Janky I think was good of like uh, I don't know like I helped us kind of like get ourselves like more solidified and like and that also became a crossroads with a lot of different producers and like connecting producers with um, artists and then giving us a place that we had a studio yeah. we could record. That was you know? the other thing is there was a studio yeah. there. So it's like, you know, kind of reminded me of like the way studios were like back in the day where it's like, you know, you pull up to the place and like there's the studio, but you might not even be there to record. You know? uh-huh. Like you're just, you're just all vibing. Whether yeah. you know, you're writing or writing in your black book or mm-hmm. just clowning, whatever. And then it's like, you know, maybe today you're lacing a verse or... Right. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. And it was dope to have, like, yeah, that many talented people around to feed off of. Mm-hmm. I still got the janky tattoo right on my ankle. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I was with Tommy at uh, Awaking Windows. I was, like, day drinking, and I'm like, let's get janky tats. He's like, I already got one. I was like, all right. So I went in and saw Tyree... Huh. I was like, yo, give me a janky tattoo. He's like, he's like, what do you want? I was like, I don't give a shit. Just give me, just give me something. <laughs> I fucking passed out while he was tattooing me, and I woke up like an hour later. And I was like, oh, shit, my bad. We can finish. He's like, dude, I've been done for like a half hour. It's <laughs> 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 pretty ridiculous. Damn, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's an ankle tat. It's not like it was a fucking neck tat or some fucking right, super right. thugged out shit. Right. 
Um, yeah. No shit, dude. I'm so hyped that you came on. Thank you, bro. I know. man. Yeah. There's so much, like, eras and, like, so much time has passed. And uh, I feel really blessed, like, to have to be here and to be part of the scene and to, like, have been part of the scene for so long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just to come through and, like... I don't know. I feel like there's like a million stories to tell. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, we're definitely going to have to have you back on again soon. Um, you know, keeping the shit going. For you folks at home, we need everyone to subscribe. What the fuck? <laughs> Just go click that subscribe button. If you don't have a YouTube account, it takes two minutes. Just sign up, give them an email, and then click subscribe. We're going to be doing more giveaways. Um, we got a Golden Hour shirt for you. Uh, we have shirts available still on the website, goldenhourvt.com. Um, just, you know, support. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, like we need money to keep the lights on. So, <laughs> fucking A. As always, uh, shout out Sean Mesha, man behind the cam. Um, and shout out yourselves, you know what I mean? Um, because, I mean, I don't need you, but I like you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, we've been talking like this for years, and we, we will even if there weren't cameras, but, you know. Yeah. We, we, bring, uh, we bring one, two, three, four, five, uh, all these cameras for y'all, so. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, well, shit, with that being said, anybody you trying to give any uh, shout-outs to that you haven't already touched on? Or? Uh, yeah, shout-out to Ant Hill... Shout out to Conflict, uh, rest in peace, A Dog. Um, shout out to Hellzor, rest in peace. Mm. Hell's you Kids know, player. Hell's Kids, bro. Shout out to Capes. Uh, shout out to Mavstar, Face One, uh, Sin. Like, that's another guy you should have on uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have yeah, Sin on coming here. On. Uh, he, yeah. I was just listening to his track off of uh, Conflict's new album. Right. It's fire. Facts. He's dropping, you know, talking all about all the ancestors. Mm. And, uh, but yeah, Sin's the man. That was yeah. awesome when uh, you guys both rocked at um, at the iHomie premiere. Oh hell yeah, bro! Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm fucking honored. Yeah. Uh, for Forest Two MC Forest, gotta shout you out. And uh, DJ Kanga, big big shout out to DJ Kanga. Go check out the Kanga Vermont Entrepreneurs episode. It's a dope one. Doesn't have nearly as many views as it should, but. You guys should go peep that. Kanga's a fucking beast. Yeah. You know. He's been my partner in crime for the last little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? All the shows I've been doing recently is all just freestyle. Well, he's so motivated. And it's just us together like he's rocking. D- he's down. Yeah. It's like, you call him day of, which mm-hmm. I'm not saying to do. You should plan, but, <laughs> but you know, he's, he's just about it. You know, yeah, hell yeah. Up, he's like, yep, I'll make it happen. He shows up, all this equipment. Yeah. Facts. Although he told me his New Year's resolution was to not take any last minute shows all anymore. Right. I respect <laughs> that. I respect that. So hit him up in advance. But yeah. It's a little bit in advance. Yeah. Yeah, bless up. Boom slang, fucking all the homies around. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, anytime I'm like, yo, you got any shout outs? People are like, well, fuck, you did a damn good job. You covered fucking yeah. quite a few there. Hell yeah. Uh, nice. And uh, yeah, shout out your bro and uh, all the homies in, Facts, in, bro. in Connecticut there. Most definitely. You know. Um, and if we didn't say you, you I mean, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do the kids say? I, Y, K, Y. Yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah, see? 
might be getting old, but not too old for like lingo and all that <laughs> shit. Anyway, hey, Golden Hour, episode 21 with a one of a kind guest, MC Humble. 21. All right, and we out. Peace.